The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. And we're going to be discussing the events that happened in Texas during the week. So if you have uh, little kids around, this might be a time to turn it down slightly. Uh, because, of course, during the week we saw 19 small children and two adult teachers murdered in a school in Texas. And in an odd coincidence, the week ended with the National Rifle Association holding its annual conference. And at that convention, conference, whatever you call it, one of the keynote speakers, in fact, the keynote speaker, was the former president, Donald Trump. And one of the big questions, of course, was going to be, how would he handle this? Because Donald Trump had, of course, been a huge supporter and a very vocal supporter of the rights given to Americans under the Second Amendment, that being the right to bear arms. That had been a key platform on which he had run his presidency and a key platform on which he had campaigned. So this was seen as one of those... um, Instances where diplomacy, delicacy and a careful balance of rhetoric would be needed. And unsurprisingly, that's not what we got from Donald Trump. Do what is really needed and what actually works. This is not about virtue cycling and signing. This is about blaming your enemies. No, we don't want to do that. This is about saving our children's lives. Yes, that's what we want to do. Surely we can all agree our school should not be the softest target. Our school should be the single hardest target in our country. And that's why, as part of a comprehensive school safety plan, it's time to finally allow highly trained teachers to safely and discreetly concealed carry. Let them concealed carry. And again, they have to be able to handle it. They have to be highly trained, all of those things. But let them do that. It would be so much better and so much more effective, even from a cost standpoint. Because there is no sign more inviting to a mass killer than a sign that declares a gun-free zone. Most dangerous place. I know it sounds good, and it really does. Doesn't it sound wonderful? But it's not. And statistically, it's a total disaster. Gun-free zone, they look at that sign and they say, that's where I'm going. We cannot have that because if somebody goes into that building, all of those innocent people will be taken out, will be killed, will be tortured. Bad things will happen. Have to get rid of it. As the age-old saying goes, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Have you ever heard that? No, you've never heard that. Former President Donald Trump there responding to the death of 19 children and two adults. With us is Charlie Scudder, writer, journalist and editor who's based in Arlington in Texas and Larry Donnelly, law lecturer in NUI Galway and of course commentator and analyst in American politics for uh, some years. Now Charlie, let me start with you. The, the reaction to what Donald Trump had to say, one assumes it follows the usual pattern of being totally binary. The Conservatives will say good man Donald and all of the Liberals will be aggrieved. Sure, that that sounds about right. Um, uh, I, I mean, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think his supporters, um, especially the NRA members in that convention hall, will see it as uh, a, you know a great speech that uh, reinforced their worldview. Uh, whereas, uh, it, so I was in Houston yesterday outside of the convention hall with several hundred protesters uh, calling for gun stronger gun control, and they're going to see it as. Uh, just how they would see it, you know, uh, another call of inaction. 
Donald Trump has said a lot about not politicizing this issue, but of course that in and of itself politicizes the, the issue. <laughs> to to what degree will this now just split down the standard party lines with Democrats arguing for gun control, Republicans arguing for the Second Amendment and nothing happening? I, that That's very likely. A lot of political observers have already said, especially here in Texas, um, you we shouldn't expect a whole lot of change out of this, uh, which is horrific. Um, but uh, you, you will, I know that the, um, house representatives, uh, in Washington is considering some gun control measures. Who knows if that'll make it through the Senate. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it will likely fall along lines. I will say, um, a lot of the folks that I talked to yesterday, uh, again, at the protest were gun owners or were Republicans who were saying, okay, this is a moment for me. This is enough. We need something different. A lot of gun owners in America recognize that what is happening is not good but the question is how to fix it and that's where we uh start butting heads although from from this lens and larry donnelly in a second i want your view on this but from from this side of the water when when you look at, at those kind of issues um charlie it seems relatively too simple to say well, could you not institute background checks? Could you not reinstitute a longer holding off period? Could you not reinstitute yeah. limits on high capacity magazines? Could you not g- dictate that military weaponry? I mean, it, you are still able to buy in America a 6,000 round per minute minigun from the door gun of, an Apache, of a, a Huey helicopter. That just seems nuts. Yeah, and, and the, I think part of the issue is uh, more entrenched than just politics or just whether to have guns or not have guns. Um, the, the, there's a gun culture in America, and we talk about this all the time, but it's, it's something that people grow up with. It's, it's something that they bond with their families over is going hunting and going shooting, going to the range, that kind of thing. So there's an equally emotional reaction when people say, well, we need to take away your guns, it becomes, oh, you don't think I'm responsible. You don't think I'm a respons- I'm the one uh, who you're targeting. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's a problem with emotional responses to these things. Larry Donnelly, can you expand on that a wee bit? When you look at the numbers of, uh, in terms of the, the stats of gun ownership in the States, we have a situation where there's something to the order of 300 million firearms knocking around. So a slightly greater ratio than one to one. There are more guns than people in America. It's top 10 for uh, gun deaths. It's uh, top one, depending on how you look at the numbers, for gun ownership. When you look at it from a European context, it does seem extraordinarily strange. When you raise it with uh, a lot of Americans, they see it as a complete affront that you would even question it. A lot of Americans do think that way. But when you talk about the numbers of guns, uh, you have a, a smallish number of Americans who each own uh, a tremendous amount of guns. Uh, and I would push back against a little bit against the narrative that this necessarily uh, splits down the middle uh, in the sense that if you look at reasonable restrictions like waiting periods and background checks, the, the vast majority of Americans, Republican and Democrat, uh, support those sorts of things, even gun owners. Uh, so if, if I was a Democrat, that's the kind of thing I would be pushing back on, politically speaking, not to say we're coming for your guns, but instead to say, let's have a waiting period. Let's have a background check. Uh, again, the vast majority of Americans want those things. That's how uh, I think this issue needs to be tackled. And that's how I think uh, Democrats might get some success. 
But, you know, as you say, in light of the, the hold that the National Rifle Association and the gun lobby have in the Congress, uh, at least at the federal level, it's highly unlikely that action is going to happen. But it's been interesting that, again, I think through a simplistic or through a simple lens, you would look at this and say there is an 18 year old man who had the capacity to buy two effectively military guns and 360 rounds of ammunition. That's what needs to be prevented. What Donald Trump was saying was effectively laying the blame anywhere that he possibly could. We heard his his comments earlier on about uh, better door security in the schools. He also put a lot of the blame at the feet of broken families. We have also, very importantly, got to deal with the problem of broken families because no law can cure the effects of a broken home. There is no substitute for a strong mom and a great dad. If that's where the debate has already gone, Larry, does that start to take the pressure totally off the gun control issues? It does. And again, the people listening might might find this appalling. But uh, what Donald Trump is doing there is actually very, very shrewd politics, which is effectively that he's pushing the issue away from gun control uh, onto the broader cultural culture wars uh, and, and the very strong sentiment among an awful lot of Americans that uh, it is the decline in family, the family, the decline in family values, uh, that this can all be attributed to uh, that what children are being taught in the school. Rules, et cetera, et cetera, the decline in the role of religion, uh, all of that stuff. It, whipping that up into a nice little ball and turning it into a nice little package is very, very effective and very shrewd politicking uh, when the reality is uh, the blame for all this. And, and to Trump's logic and the, and the response he's getting, uh, the logic is perverse there because, you know, everything is wrong, everything is wrong except for the gun. Yet at the same time, Reaching this out and pivoting towards the broader culture war uh, is very, 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 very shrewd politicking. It, it, it was one of the major points of irony in the speech. I mean, given Donald Trump's own background, twice divorced, brought his mistress on holidays um, so that he could cheat on his wife while on vacation, cheated on his second wife when she had just given birth with a, a porn star who he ultimately had to pay off. For that to be the man who is touting the need for protection against broken homes and family values, one would have thought was heavily ironic. Likewise, and Charlie, you might have talked to some of the people at the rally about this, there seemed to be fairly heavy irony in the theory that the only way to keep a room safe is to make sure that everybody is armed and then disarming everybody in the room. Sure, yeah. I think there's um, uh, that's been a talking point uh, with um, uh, both the gun lobby and uh, right-wing politicians who uh, support the gun lobby, vice versa, um, for a long time. Uh, the, the rhetoric of, uh, like, like you heard, uh, Donald Trump say the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is good a guy with a gun. Um, you know, it, it's it, there are it's it's a playbook, right? Uh, it's a playbook that um, those politicians and supporters of uh, gun rights return to again and again. And, and did again. none of them see the irony uh, of the fact that they weren't allowed to have guns in this room because of the risk of having armed people oh, around the president? I'm sorry. I'm, I, <laughs> I misunderstood. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they did. And I think a lot of people, especially outside the uh, convention hall did. Um, it's, uh, you know, Secret Service has its rules and it's it was especially interesting given the context of the uh, convention itself. There's they uh, brag about it's 14 acres of guns and gear. Uh, you go through this exhibit hall just full of ammunition and guns and modifications to guns and everything you could possibly need or want and more um, related to firearms. And yet not allowed to bring them in the hall. 
Charlie, thank you very much for coming on this morning and particular thanks, Charlie, for being willing to get up at horrible o'clock in the morning because I know it is in the middle of night <laughs> of the night with you there. So we greatly appreciate it. That is Charlie Scudder, who is writer, journalist and editor based in Arlington, Texas, where I think it's just about half four in the morning or something horrible like that. And uh, thank you as well, of course, to Larry Donnelly, who is slightly better rested, but nonetheless, just as uh, welcome on the programme. Larry Donnelly, law lecturer in NUI Galway. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.